0: Happy hump day, Tom. The United Pubcast we're back, and we are the official partners of the Sydney Sydney Supporters Club, New South Wales, Manchester United. I butchered it. See, Tom, this is why you host. I'm, I'm the, awful.
1: You got all the names in there. Useful. The most important name, Manchester United. That is a part of the supporters club. Oh, otherwise, right, it's right. going to be the Sydney FC or Western Sydney Wanderers or something.
0: Yeah, that's fine. We can be the partners of all those teams. Why not? Anyway, Tom, there was an awesome game of football today. How's your, how's your heart rate? How's your t- body temperature? You've pulled all your hair out. I can definitely see that. It's
1: typical Manchester United. It's what we've had in the last couple of weeks, especially in the Champions League. It is what it is. Um, we're going to be sort of put through the ringer, and we're going to wait till the 90th minute for Ronaldo to do something. And it's everyone says, oh, this it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, and I completely agree. However, it's proven it's completely wrong. Um, maybe it is sustainable just waiting for Ronaldo to do something in injury time.
0: We'll definitely get into it, uh, and we will talk about Ronaldo and the goals and th- the setup of the match, etc. So if you are joining us, make sure you do like the video, and if you're new here, make sure you do subscribe. Just going to jump into the comments. We've got Emad in the comments. I'm finally on time. Well done, Emad. Well done. Uh, we've got Flim Flam. Uh, evening, everyone. Evening, mate. All right, Tom, let's rip straight into it, and I want to start with the starting 11. Uh, Ollie sticks with what he knows. Uh, he found a, wi- a winning formula. And the threat of Antonio Conte going to Spurs has spurred him on, pun intended. He sticks with the 3-5-2. Any surprises with the starting 11 or more the status quo? Obviously, Bay comes in for Lindelof.
1: Yeah, nothing in regards to starting 11. I think it was, we do have to look forward to the Manchester derby. And obviously, there was a tactical change when Varane came off in terms of going back to a four. But I think the plan was, okay, it worked well against Tottenham. Something needed to change. It's still against Tottenham. Well, we're very likely going to do that against Manchester City as well because of their threats. Let's just keep it going against Atalanta, whether that was the right system for Atalanta or not. I think that's what Solskjaer's thinking was, was trying to, okay, let's get another 90 minutes of 3-5-2, so they're a little bit more consistent and familiar going into the Manchester derby. I think Pogba, which we'll get into Pogba's performance, but I think Pogba was the right selection in regards to, well, he's not available against um, Man City, so let's rest whoever's going to play, whether that be Fred or a Matic. Likely not manager, Likely sort of be Fred rested, but um, no issues with the starting eleven. Um, it obviously did change things. I think the, the tactical change two or four was interesting. Whether that was the right thing or the wrong thing, I actually was a fan of. It. A lot of people disagreed, saying, "Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He should have kept with three five two if that was his initial plan." But I think the way the game panned out, um, it was the right thing to do at that time. But yeah, starting eleven was look. There's always criticism with it, especially when you don't win the game. But overall, I could understand it.
0: Does the lack of rotation concern you? Um, Solskjaer only a few weeks ago mentioned the need to rotate when he was defending his selection or non-selection of Cristiano Ronaldo against Everton. Ronaldo started every game since then. Um, he's picked a very strong side. Uh, it's the same side that played against Spurs minus Pogba and Lindelof, only forced due to injury. So does that concern you? Because he, he, Oli talks about the need for a big squad, yet... He goes out with the same eleven. Is that simply pressure for his job, or is that a lack of trust in the other players around him?
1: It's a combination of everything, but I think overall, it is his job is on the line. Every single game is a cup final, and if he loses, he, he could almost be sacked. So every single game he goes into needing a must-win, so he's going to play his strongest eleven. But it's all, obviously a concern. It's a, it's been a concern since he walked in the door. Um, that's been a big weakness of Solsha in terms of his squad rotation. You look, Jadon Sancho and Donny van Beek finally came on for three or four minutes, and you think, well, they did something in the three or four minutes. Maybe he should place a little bit more trust in them throughout the so, so half an hour to go throw them on then and see what they can do. But it's always been a concern with Solskjaer and sort of his, um, yeah, lack of rotation because the squad is there to be rotated. It is a good squad. You look what's on the bench, and a lot of people argue that what's on the bench is better than what's on the pitch. So the quality is there to be rotated. Um, Solskjaer is the manager, though. Um, he doesn't do it.
0: Well, he will ride or die by his decisions. That's for sure. We got Richard in the comments. Uh, Ronaldo single-handedly kept us in the Champions League. Mate, no disagreements. Uh, Tom and I did want to use uh, the Squid Games thumbnail of Ronaldo dragging Oli because literally that is what's happening, it feels, on a game-to-game basis. Uh, But, you know, we, we wanted to keep it presentable for you guys. And we got Flim Flam injuries flow downstream, mate. Yeah, well... I can see um, flam and Emad in the comments around the management of Varane. I, personally, Tom, do you make anything of this? I'm not going to put it at Ollie's feet for me. He does his hammy. What do you do? He's played. He's been two games back after a layoff. Like, just one of those freak things, I think.
1: Yeah, no one was complaining when he came back in against Spurs and played well. Everyone will say, yeah, get Varane back in straight away. We need him. Look what the difference he made. Yes. <laughs> he might have been fully fit. Someone might have not had an injury for six months or six years, and they can do the hamstring. That happens. Um, it's an interesting one, I think. Look, it's a precautionary, but always with a precautionary hamstring, um, the tendency is there to... It might be a little bit worse than first feared. So, the fingers crossed he'll be back for Man City. I've got my doubts, just knowing Man United luck and Varane's injury record. But, yeah, it's look, maybe it is something we can point towards Solskjaer. However, we weren't complaining on against Tottenham when Verand was thrown in. And this, as we said, is a must-win Champions League game. Well, must well, I think the draw ended up being a good result. It was a definite must-not-lose Champions League game. We did need our best team out there, and Verand's our best defender. So it's unfortunate, and I can see the criticisms, understand them. But, yeah, no, it's one of those things for me.
0: Agreed. Um, let's talk about the game a little bit, and we will go into individual performances. So get your comments in. We're going to be talking Paul Pogba. We're going to be talking about Harry Maguire, uh, amongst others. But... Tom, we will start on the positives. Um, I know United, unfortunately for United, they do concede early and again first. Did you make much of the nature of the goal we conceded? Is it just simply unfortunate in terms of De Gea? He's saved us so many times this season and unfortunately, nine times out of ten it comes off and this was the one time where, you know what's insane for me? He uses his feet more times than he should and I think on this occasion, he should have used his feet. He, he tried to get too low when the ball's too close to him.
1: Yeah, it was one of those. I forget how the goal came about. Like I forget how they got into that position to sort of work the shot. So I'm not going to criticise anyone there. Maybe someone does deserve criticism, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's one of those ones yeah, with David De Gea. I think at the other end, if that goes in, we're saying Ronaldo saving Solskjaer's job. It's moments FC. We're relying on individuals. Solskjaer didn't do that. Well, are we blaming David De Gea for an individual mistake or is that Solskjaer's fault? It's, it's Ronaldo saving United. It's one of those things that the individual moments only work in the attacking end. When someone makes a defensive mistake, uh, we're not blaming that player. We're saying, oh, Solskjaer I got the tactics wrong, etc." But De, Ge- De Gea's been brilliant this season. I'm not going to fault him for a mistake. And there's a case for it. It was offside. I don't think it was offside. I think it would have been harsh, but there was definitely a case for it. I think if that's Ronaldo standing in there, I wouldn't be shocked if it was given offside at the other end of the pitch. So look, no complaints. And look, De Gea's been brilliant. It's a mistake we would have conceded Neff for 15 goals if it wasn't for him this year. So no issues with the goal.
0: No, I agree with you there. Can we talk about United's response to that goal? In my opinion, the best goal of United's season thus far. Absolutely breathtaking football. And I think when you hear the conversation around what sort of football does Oli want to play? What is Manchester United's identity, quote-unquote? I think that goal epitomises what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is wanting to do. I think we don't see it enough, but... The goal itself, Tom, like it, it wasn't a difficult finish, but the build up, how good was it?
1: Yeah, it's exactly what you want to see. I think growing up in the nineties and early two thousands, a man United goal was get it down the wing to run Giggs with David Beckham, fast break, whip the ball into the box for one of your strikers. But now in the modern game, I think that is what Manchester and a lot of teams, but especially Manchester United, I do in their in their head, maybe other teams that sort of implement it better. But in Man United head and Solskjaer I said that is what they want to achieve, sort of quick ball movement in and around the box. And it just uh, it just sort of begs the question, when they get in that area, I'll put it in the group chat when we are doing it. Um, just at halftime, I was saying, just just try and play like prime Barcelona when you get the ball in the final third. It's not that hard. Now, obviously, it is very difficult, but they can just turn it on like that and you think, oh, God, could they do that more often? And all it is is just intent and pass and move. And like Greenwood's pass into Bruno Fernandez, it was. It's a hard pass, and it's maybe five times out of ten that doesn't come off. But the intent has to be there, okay? If it doesn't come off, you're 90 metres fr- from goal, it's okay. We can defend there. But you have to risk that ball by playing it in there. Sometimes it won't come off, but when it does come off, the rewards end up in a goal.
0: And, and that, the, the, you know the touch
1: by Bruno, touch by Bruno, and the finish, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, the, the composure to flick it onto Ronaldo there, and I, I thought he—you'd back Bruno to just shoot, but he—he yeah. put—he places it to his compatriot who gets an, an easy finish. Um, look, the second goal, I will talk about when we come to three, two, ones. I think Eric Bay will be in there, but I've seen a lot of blame centered at Maguire for the, the second goal United concede, trying to play an offside trap. Look, I, I think you agree with me here. I, I'm going to say it, it's a combination of errors. I don't think Bay's solely at fault here, but I think he's the main culprit. is he, the one who lets that happen because he simply falls asleep on his man. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, I'm just going to get this bit in now because I'm sure we're going to get into Harry Maguire and do nothing but criticise Harry Maguire, and rightly so. (laughs) I thought he was woeful, and I'm sure when we get into 3-2-1s, Eric Bay is one of the candidates, because I thought over the 90 minutes he defended quite well. Um, He played quite well, so I will be sort of full of praise later on in the episode for him. But that goal, how people... Look, yeah, as you say, there's a little bit of blame everywhere, and Maguire maybe could be covering a little bit more. However... Eric Bay, that decision for him to step up, I haven't seen a professional footballer do that for many years. And I would say the last time I was post, it was probably in the A-League. And I haven't watched an A-League game, a 90 minutes of an A-League game for three or four years. Maybe Major League Soccer, I've seen a defender do that. There was absolutely no pressure on the ball. I think their centre-back had the ball or a deep-line midfielder had the ball. Absolutely no pressure on the ball. And he just stepped up. It was absolutely criminal defending by Eric Bay. And people are saying, oh, hang on, Maguire's keeping him on side." It's nothing to do with onside or offside of where Maguire's standing. It's Eric Bay's man. No pressure on the ball. Rule number one, no pressure on the ball. You step off, you get goal side. Rule number under 12's football. And Eric Bay just stepped up. It was absolutely criminal defending. And look, I just want to – he deserves criticism for that. But in saying that, he's performed a lot better than Harry Maguire and we'll get into Maguire's performance. And overall, Eric Bay did have a good game. So we'll get into praising him in a little bit. But that goal – I was was filthy with Eric Bay because then if Ronaldo doesn't say this, I'm having a far different discussion about Eric Bay.
0: That's fair. Um, Let's talk about another maligned player, uh, Paul Pogba. Everyone says, what's Paul Pogba's best position? There's this argument around, have United done enough over the last six years to accommodate a 90 million pound transfer signing? Um, Look, we can debate um and ah about Paul Pogba, and I think we'll be doing it until the day he inevitably leaves Manchester United. He gets, in my opinion, Tom, I thought he really was really poor today, like no debate there, but I thought there was a real opportunity for him given the red card against Liverpool, given he got put in a three-man midfielder. You can say the setup wasn't quite what he would like, or he had a license to get forward, and he showed that in the first half. But I just thought for a player who is in the final year of his contract the managers under pressure is reportedly being offered something in the region of 400,000 pound a week, which he's currently sitting on. Seriously, I, I'm just past the point of no return with the Frenchman mate. I'm just, I thought it was a really insipid performance. It, it lacked any sort of inspiration. It lacked any sort of intensity um, and and any penetration with the ball. He, the way he was giving it, he was just constantly losing possession. What, what were your thoughts on Paul Pogba's performance today?
1: Yeah, I echo everything you've said. And, and I think it was one of the Skulls put it perfect. I listened to Skull's post-match on BT, and he was talking about just the... He will be the same player. When Paul Pogba's 35 years old, we'll be having the same discussions. He'll be brilliant some games, and other games he'll perform like that. And it comes down to... He made a very good point. Yes, he has all the attributes. He's big, he's physical. He's actually a very intelligent player when he is on the ball. Mm. But his concentration is just... He switches off sometimes. He's on it, he's pinging the ball, bouncing the ball off people, and then sometimes he'll just get the ball and he'll play his own game. He'll say, Let's see if I can sort of roll the ball over here. How will that look? I'll try and switch the ball out here when that's not on. He's just playing his own game. And look, he's a brilliant player. Like, I love Paul Pogba, but when he signed 2016, it's almost 2022, and we're still having the same argument or same discussion. What can we do with Paul Pogba? Is he the player to take us forward? Um, does he need another player? Does he need this type of player in front of him? Skull said it perfectly in regards to concentration. What he needs next to him is a leader and just someone who just won't shut up. Is, is McTominay that person? Probably McTominay does obviously He's a very vocal player, but in terms of commanding respect, I don't think sort of he's commanding too much respect from Paul Pogba. Behind him, you've obviously got Raphael Varane, but sort of Paul Pogba probably pulls rank in that sort of relationship. I'd say in terms of the sort of status in the French squad, Harry Maguire. I don't think. Well, I think Paul Pogba and Harry Maguire obviously respect each other, but I don't think. Paul Pogba's was one to look back and, hang on, okay, Harry said this, I'll do this then. And Ronaldo at the other end of the pitch, is, I think it's quite hard for a striker to sort of lead in terms of a captain sort of role type thing. So Paul Pogba, he doesn't have that. We ask, does he need a Kante next to him or does he need a Perla? I think what he needs is experience and someone who just won't shut up and say, okay, Paul, concentrate. Paul, okay, next five minutes, just sit in here with me and do your job. Paul Pogba just goes off with the fairies. And sometimes when he goes off with the fairies, he's capable of absolutely brilliance. And you think fair play to him. Let's give him four hundred grand a week. But when you see this performance on a more consistent basis, you just think it's not worth it. Unfortunately, and I do like him, but look, it's almost as I said, almost two thousand twenty-two, and we're having the same arguments.
0: He's twenty-eight years of age, and that's the concern for me. Like I agree with everything you've said, but I think there has to be a level of maturity in your game as you as you become a more senior member of a football team, as you learn about football, as you're coming through and. Pogba's played with some experienced pros. You're talking the likes of um, Andrea Pirlo. You're talking about Michael Carrick. He's had um, uh, uh, Arturo Vidal, um, Machisio. He's played with some unbelievable players. Paul Scholes, prior to when he went to Juventus, he's been surrounded with the best of the best when you're talking about midfield maestros and in terms of learning the game. And I, I just think it's... Really frustrating that he, we're still here debating whether he needs an experienced head to tell him what he needs to do on a football pitch over 90 minutes. But anyway, I'm sure we'll save that until the next time we debate Paul Pogba in two weeks' time. Um, we will come to Harry Maguire, but I think I'll save that for after the 3 two ones because I think that there's a whole big discussion point around he's the Englishman the,
1: there. He's not in your 3 two, one discussion?
0: Harry Maguire. Yeah, maybe to deduct three points. I don't even think he's registered in our 3-2-1 so far. So that tells you plenty. Um, Tom, before we go into the 3 21s ones obviously Manchester United did manage to salvage a draw. Can we talk about the positive impact that leads up to the goal um, before we just shower praise on the legend that is Cristiano Ronaldo? Uh, Donny van de Beek and Jadon Sancho come off the bench, really positive impacts. And I thought both of those players really needed that for their confidence, but... Partic- particularly, Donnie, I don't know if United are going to win the game without the Dutchman on the pitch. Thoughts?
1: Well, they both contributed to the goal. I forget, maybe not in the exact build-up in terms of getting the ball forward from whatever position the play did start. So they both contributed. So I think fair play to them. And look, unfortunately, it was only, what, three or four minutes or probably seven or eight minutes with injury time type thing. It was a shame it wasn't half an hour or for some people, would sort of maybe preferred it for 90 minutes, etc. So it's a shame it was such a small sample. But they did, did well when they came on and won. Oh, look, overall, I would criticise Solskjaer for his use of Jaden Sancho and Donny van Beek. Of course I would. However, I think a good thing, and maybe it comes in the Eric Bailly discussion as well, he must have something about his man management because Eric Bailly's come coming after not playing, apparently hating Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and very well. Jaden Sancho and Donny van der Beek have come on in a couple of minutes and not just said, I'm not running around. The coach is only give me two minutes. I'm just going to stand here and do nothing. They've come on and performed and they've fought for the team. Now, look, overall, yes, I do criticise Solskjaer for his use of them, but there is something to say in terms of socialised man management. Well, they do come on and they have. They did show some fight for the, and that's down to the individual, of course. Yeah. But um, it, it was great to see them come on and perform. Unfortunately, it was only for a couple of minutes. Whether that's enough for one of them to get the nod in the Manchester derby, I would highly doubt it. Especially in terms of the system we're going to play. If we do play with a four-two-three-one, maybe there could be a case for Jaden Sancho over Greenwood. Very unlikely, but. Um, it was great to see. Unfortunately, As I said, just unfortunate. It was only just for a couple of minutes.
0: My criticism and my praise of Ali is going to come together. But I think this proves that this isn't – it's, it's not a systemic issue. I, I don't think it has anything to do with the formation. It has to do with the intent. You, you put on your most attacking players. You're chasing a goal. It just shows that when United actually want to keep things, you, know, you can still do what – if you think of what Manchester City do, right? The way that they set up is we keep the ball. That's their form of defense. And then when the opposition get the ball, they're relentless in their press to win the ball back. They totally accept that they're open at the back. And should the defense be capable enough of getting there, they know that they'll be one-on-one with a goalkeeper. But in saying that, they trust their system. They play to their strengths. And I think Oli can take a lesson from this in the fact of it's not going to necessarily be about what formation you play. It's about the system. Have a philosophy and if you and what you touched on earlier in the podcast, if you have your best players, if we can play a style where we say get into the final third, be your prime Barcelona for moments and just recycle the ball because that's what we have the players capable of doing. So I'm not sure why he doesn't do that more often. And I think if you do that, they there can be an argument to say, yeah, you can have a McTominay sitting in the six and have Donnie and Bruno, or Bruno and Pogba, whoever it is to, uh, to play further up the pitch. So. There, there,
1: there is a fear, and look, I've been in this position as well, in midfield, when you're not confident with what's behind you, and look, we should be confident with Rafael Varane, however, in terms of Harry Maguire's form and maybe some of the defensive capabilities, maybe Luke Shaw, et cetera, sometimes if you're not confident and you look at the defensive record we do have, you could understand the team not being confident with what's behind them. You'd playing that ball into into the striker's feet or an attacking pass, risking turning the ball over, it's a big risk. You don't want to do that because you don't want to put yourself under pressure. So you can understand which, yes, at Manchester United, you do need to take a risk, completely agree. But I can understand a midfielder, just not side to side, but picking the more safer, the sort of more reliable option rather than taking that risk, which I said with that Greenwood ball was fantastic into Bruno. A lot of the times that pass won't stick and suddenly you turn the ball over and you're on the defensive, sort of you're defending all of a sudden. So... Look, the, the players do deserve criticism for not taking enough risks, but it's one of the ones where I've been on the pitch and I just, I understand when you're in that position, you don't want to lose the ball. Um, it's one of those ones that, that's why they're playing for Man United because they got the, or that's why they're playing professional football. Um, you just, yeah, you just wish they took a little bit more adventurous nature in that third of the pitch.
0: It's funny that Tom says he understands what it means that you don't want to lose the ball. Wish Paul Pogba had that advice before the game. Uh, but Tom, we are here. It's three two one time baby, and it's our favourite time. I personally love the three two ones. It's it's my favourite part of this, these videos. Uh, three points. Um, I think it's a fairly straightforward one, but please, the floor is yours. Well, we, we don't even mention. I just want to talk about the goal. Okay, we we'll talking about the
1: first goal. It's a fantastic team goal. But have you watched that replay? Well, I've watched about a hundred times. It's an unbelievable strike. Like And the pressure, when he got the ball, you like, sort of got it on the edge of the box. It was, okay, we've gone into injury time and you think Ronaldo's got the ball and just all these things are going through your head in terms of how frustrated Ronaldo would be. And he almost had that look, he's just going to get the ball and just do his own thing to just try and make something happen. And he started to do that and he got closer and closer to the goal and he just thought he's trying too much here. He's he's run himself into traffic and sort of lost the ball, bobbled around. He ended up did making it happen himself and it was a fantastic finish. And I've never seen, I, I don't think there is a player in world football in, in history who just steps up and delivers moments like this. And that's not a that's not a thing of moments FC to bash Oli with. I'm just saying in regards to the way he delivers consistently at the highest level, is it's uncanny. And I think he's starting. I'm sure in the international break, I'd love to do it. Mm. It is very boring, but I'd still find a case to, to love to do it. Another Messi and Ronaldo debate. I think he's starting to pull clear of Lionel Messi now in regards to what he's... And it's early in the season. But what Messi is delivering up in France and what Cristiano Ronaldo is delivering up in England, okay, this is in the Champions League, but he's obviously performing in the Premier League as well. I think he's starting to pull clear in that debate now because he has now proven himself where Messi... Look, it's not to criticise Messi, but yeah, he's maybe struggling a little bit at PSG compared to what Ronaldo's doing around the continent.
0: Mm. Got Alex in the comments. Uh, three for Ronaldo, two for one, Basaka, and Bay. Uh, and sorry, Alexa, I saw your comment earlier. Um, and we can touch on it quickly. Uh, I think Oli is sheltering Sancho is still young and adjusting to the tempo. versus lesser teams. He'll start to contribute more. And that's exactly it. I think we need to remember Sancho is 21 years of age, but yeah, he'll get his time, but get your three, two ones in. Uh, we got Ryan, uh, three for Ronaldo, two for Bay one for Donny. One point for Donny after six he, minutes. He, he, he it made was an impact, impact for right? six minutes. Made an
1: impact. And he could have had – Was the did he have a shot when it was 2-2 or was the shot before 2-2, I forget, But he almost came on and won it.
0: I think it was before 2 No, no, it was at 2-1. It was at 2-1. And then yeah, Ronaldo. So,
1: yeah. He
0: did make an impact. Not enough for Absolutely. points for me, but it was great to see. Absolutely. Uh, two points, Tom. I think this is where it can be a little bit debated. Um, I'm going to put my argument up first, but please feel free to disagree with me if you wish to. Uh, I'm gonna go, Eric B. I thought yes, at fault for the goal, sure, but the amount of blocks he got in, his intensity, uh, and you talk about match rhythm. You talk about when you're defending Donny van der Beek and you say he doesn't get an opportunity. You know he doesn't get any match rhythm. When was the last time Eric B. kicked the ball for Manchester United? And I thought he came in seamlessly. Yes, he switches off at times, but I think. You can see the potential for if you put a leader like a Varane next to Eric Bay on a regular basis. You could see how that could be such a powerful partnership. The the amount of blocks he gets in. Look the way he the way Eric Bay moves doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence, but I think Eric Bay does what Eric Bay does. Um but I thought he was phenomenal today. Um overall over the 90 minutes really good performance and I think United concede more goals if that is say a Victor Lindelof just through his pace through his uh, his intensity, his physicality, I think he he saved United more times than not today.
1: Yeah, look, I, I would agree, as I go back to okay, that if we lose the game, I'm looking at that second goal and having a much different discussion about Eric Bay. However, he did make up for it. There was other times where they could have scored and he got a last stitch tackle in, so you have to give him credit. And I think, as you say, he hasn't played for such a long time, and I think that's another you have to tick in the box for Eric Bay because it is a difficult situation to come in and perform like that in a must-win environment. So hats off to him and he performed well. My only concern with Eric Baye is we've seen this. Suddenly he's the answer. Now, yes, I would be playing him over Harry Maguire at the moment in the Manchester derby of the back of that performance. However, we've seen this. Remember last year he came in and did a last-ditch block, which won us the game. Too. I the fans lost their mind, and in two or three weeks he returned to being Eric Baye, where the sort of defender you can't trust sort of thing. And look, at the moment I can't trust Harry Maguire, so Eric know is in, in, in there over him. However... Fantastic performance, I think, besides that one mistake for the second goal, which could have proved costly, but um, fair play to him. He made up for it. But um, it's one of those ones where I'm going to enjoy it while it's there, but I'm not sort of holding many hopes that he's the future next to Rafael Varane. Um, I, I do. It's kind of weird. He's it's almost like Fred for me. I do love him. I, I love what every pay he brings. I love the personality. I just can't trust him as a footballer.
0: He is inconsistent. But I just wonder if he, if he actually stays fit, and it's a big if, if he actually manages to stay fit, is there an argument to say that he would actually be more consistent? Because I think you saw today against quality opposition, this is a side that attacks, right? They're not conservative at all at He's got all,
1: all, the all the attributes to be great. Yeah,
0: and that's the thing. I'm just wondering if he just got a regular run of games and he manages to keep himself fit, maybe there is an argument to say, yeah, he, he probably could be in United's strongest partnership. But a debate for another day. Um, One point's interesting. Um, I I think you and I potentially disagree on this one, Um, but I'll give you the floor, please, and give me your choice.
1: I don't know, but maybe between two players for me. Um, Besides Maguire and Pogba, I think everyone was sort of quite solid and decent. I think, okay, Ronaldo stands out and Eric Bay, but there was such a negative feeling around the performance, but I think you take those two individual performances out and I think, well, everyone else was solid, sort of six, seven out of 10 type thing which isn't too bad away in Europe. But in terms of one point for me, maybe carrying on from the weekend, I'd maybe be looking at Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, I thought he performed quite well. Again, in a, in a role that doesn't suit him. Well, maybe not. Yeah, definitely doesn't suit him. He's far more defensive right back, of course. However, he does step forward and he's doing a job at the moment. He obviously doesn't look very good going forward. However, the efficiency is probably better than we give him credit for. Um, I thought Scott McTominay in midfield did have a hard job with Paul Pulper next to him. I thought Scott McTominay played quite well. Mm. and um, on another day probably maybe gets it. If we were sort of on the front foot a little bit more and attacking, we'd probably notice Scott McTominay a little bit more. It may, may be lucky he didn't get sent off, and I don't think have, he didn't deserve to get sent off, but he he'd sort of walked that fine sort of rope for a little bit, but um, did well sort of to stay disciplined and not get himself sent off. Unlike Fred, sort of last year against PSG, you knew Fred was going to get sent off. Scott McTominay, he knew he still needed to maintain that physicality, but sort of kept it in check which was good to see. But um, if I was alluding to one point, I'd probably go one bissaka just for the uh, – I, th- I think he's been solid in a new role. But like Eric Baye coming in with not kicking a ball for a while, that's something you have to consider. Aaron wan Basaka is playing a role that he's not completely sort of familiar with or suited to, and he's performing quite well in my opinion.
0: It's hard to argue, but can I just put one case forward?
1: Please, please. It's interesting. Um, look, Greenwood ended up getting the assist for the Ronaldo goal. Uh, Donny van der Beek did make it, but I, I'd say Jadon Sancho made an impact like Donny Vanderback. Um, That's fair. I, I'd say Jadon Sancho would be hard done by in, if if he was competing against Donny Vanderback. Look, it was great to see Donny come out there, and you have to give him one hundred percent credit because he and Jadon Sancho, maybe Donny van der Beek more so, could have come on that field and just stood there for five minutes, said, "What is this manager putting me on for two minutes for?" I'm not gonna put it in, but he came on and put 100 percent effort, which is all you, which what you expect, of course. Mm. However, it wouldn't have you wouldn't have held it too much against him if you didn't put hundred percent. If you put 85% in, you could say, well, you can understand that. But um definite contributed, fantastic. And look, it's a huge contribution in this course of our season in terms of trying to get through the group. Aaron Wampasaka played 90 minutes, Donnie um, Donny Vanderbeek played 90 seconds. Um I'd be alluding towards Wampasaka for me.
0: All right, Tom, I won't argue with you. Wambasaka gets the one point. So there's your three, two ones Cristiano Ronaldo, three, Eric Baye, two, Aaron Wambasaka, one. Tom, it's time to talk about Harry Maguire. And this is what we'll finish the podcast on. So I'm sorry for anyone looking for a high finish to this episode, but it's not going to be that. But I think it's time to have a serious conversation. The, the title of this video is. Where is our captain? You've come on here and I, I was pretty saving of the captain uh, after the Tottenham game. Um, and and you, while agreeing, you thought, look, he's going through a bad patch of form. He'll come good. After seeing the level of performance today, I still want to see if your opinion is the same. And I just want to add a few points before I, I get your input. We're now three months into the season. He's awful. He's getting worse and worse. He's wearing the armband, which makes it even more laughable and comical. And the fact that you look at our squad and Oli really needs people he can trust at the moment. And I think when the managers really needed people to step up, I think Ronaldo's definitely done that. And you can see the love and the support he's giving his manager and granted he's world class. I just think last week I said on here he's a United player, but he's not a United captain. I think there's now a debate whether he's even United player caliber. He's just making basic errors. He's, he's doing everything wrong. The basics, the fundamentals of football, he, it's all going wrong for him. And I really think it's time Oli pulls him out. I know it's Manchester City. I know Varane's got an injury cloud, but I'm telling you, we have more hope with a varane Bay or a Baye-Lindelof partnership than Harry Maguire. I simply do not trust him anymore. Please give me your thoughts.
1: <clears throat> Look, before I go into everything, in the short term, yeah, and I don't think this will happen, and the captaincy is another debate in regards to Manchester City... Yes, I would be playing Eric Bay over um, Harry Maguire and next to a Lindelof or Varane. I would be dropping Harry Maguire. However, I'm not the manager. The manager sees him as the captain. I think he'll play. That's another debate. In regards to his performances uh, and, he, and his form, sort of yeah, I'd say it's three months into this season type thing. Yeah, look, yeah, it hasn't been good enough, and almost, you almost you're completely right in saying that he's getting worse. For me, he looks unfit. And not unfit in terms of a breathing way. He's getting through 90 minutes, but he's he's got the knees of an 80-year-old. Like he, it looks like he can't bend his knees right. And I think that is a fitness issue, whether strength in his legs. I don't know whether it's a hangover from the Euros. But I do cast back to the Euros, and everyone's saying Harry is rubbish and he's no good. Well, if he was Italian and played in those Euros, we'd want to buy him for $150 million. He was the best defender in that tournament, or definitely in the top two defenders in that tournament. Now, is suddenly someone, the best defender in the Euros, suddenly not a good player? Well, no, he is. He's in a horrible patch of form, horrible patch of form. There's no sort of hiding from that. And as a Manchester United player and Manchester United captain, he should be doing more to get out of that horrible patch of form over a couple of months, no doubt. It's not good enough. However, us everyone sort of slamming into him, saying he's no good, he's rubbish, get out of my club. Short memories. We wouldn't be in the position we are for two seasons without Harry Maguire. He's been our best defender for two years people, you know, central defender, you could argue Luke Shaw and wan he, he has been. And I've heard your thoughts in regards to Victor Lindelof. He has been a better defender than Victor Lindelof. Lindelof's obviously a better footballer, but Harry Maguire has been a good player for Manchester United. 80 million worth? Look, probably not, but we just have to look for the defender. We can't look at the transfer fee. It's nothing. Is Donny van der Beek worth 30 million or 40 million type thing? We can't... I think it's an argument in regards to the transfer fee, but for me, it doesn't impact anything. You have to look at the defender... He's a good defender. He's been absolutely woeful this season. There's no hiding from that. But I think he needs to, needs to be shown some support because I think he has, he has proved himself to be good.
0: But at what point, though? Like, yeah, no, no, can, I'll, be yeah. dro-
1: I'll, be, I'll be dropping him now, of course. And that's up to Solskjaer to drop him, of course. But to say, oh, he's no good, he's woeful. No, well, hang on, he's not. He was the best defender at the Euros. and that,
0: Okay, what do I care he is about the woeful. Euros? No, he is woeful. Yeah, he was good at the Euros, but that was four months ago. What now? Yeah, he's in a horrible patch of form, no doubt. Luke Shaw was the best player,
1: b- best left back in the world last year. He's not this year. We're going to stick by him. You have to stick by him. Shaw Shaw's sure, sure at there.
0: least maintaining some level of performance. Harry's lost everything. He can't pass. He can't. He, but, he got that, one that's on, a week tell, ago. Tell you,
1: I'll tell you who it's on. Solskjaer take him out then.
0: Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why isn't yeah, Solskjaer so,
1: so, doing it? So why we pile on a Harry Maguire. Yes, we'll we criticise Harry Maguire deserves it, but now it's on Solskjaer to take him out.
0: Okay, but okay, but isn't there a level of? I agree with you one hundred percent. But my question is: one, why isn't Solskjaer – So talk about talk yeah. to talk to me about Solskjaer. Why isn't Solskjaer pulling him out? Yeah, I think is it's that the captaincy, bad? and my, he the,
1: needs wins. It's the captaincy issue with Maguire. He's got the armband, and it is hard. It's easy to so say you drop your captain. Well, it's unfortunate. So there's something a little bit tricky about dropping your captain.
0: Let me ask you. This. Yeah, it, it just I would normally I agree why. with you. Look at the look at that United dressing room. Does Harry Maguire strike you as one of the main guys in there? When you when someone says to you, Manchester United, what comes to your brain right now? Like, just tell me, who who comes into your head? It's not Harry Maguire, I'm telling you that much. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, we've had this debate about him being captain material and is he the right captain? And all of us have sat here and said, look, given the other options, we can understand it. But deep down, no, he's not a Manchester United captain. But that's on Solskjaer. Given him the captaincy, I'm not going to blame. If Solskjaer walks into the dressing room and says, Larry, I want you to be captain, are you going to say no? Of course you're going to say yes. Okay, I'm not going to blame Harry Maguire for being the Man United captain. I can maybe blame that at Solskjaer. And again, I look around the change room, and at the moment, there's not too many people. Obviously, I wouldn't be picking Maguire at the moment. I'll be looking at maybe a De Gea or Cristiano Ronaldo. But it's one of those ones, I, I look, I understand and accept and share and join in the criticism of Harry Maguire. But I think we have short memories. Okay, I don't think we should be putting him on the transfer list just yet. I think he needs to be pulled out. If he was under Alex Ferguson now... I think tomorrow morning he'll be on a plane to Dubai and be on a beach for two weeks. Uh, I think That'd he needs to be, nice. be taken. I think yeah maybe stay away from Greece. Um, hopefully that doesn't resurface and keep the drink out of his hand. But uh, I think he needs to be taken out of the firing line. And there's no bigger firing line than the Manchester derby this week. Um, he, he's going to play. I'd say unfortunately, but you do have to stick by him. He has been good for us. A lot people don't want to accept that. Because he looks – I understand he looks like a bad footballer. I would say in my mind, which is obviously stupid, it's not the case. In my mind, I'm a better footballer than Harry Maguire. I I watch him play and I think, oh, he's not a footballer. He can defend. He's in there to defend and was shown at the highest level at the Euros he can defend. At the moment, though, he's not. And it's gotten to the stage where I've criticized him. But now for me, it's on Solskjaer to take him out. And I think that's where the criticism should now be directed.
0: All right. Let me put it – just to wrap up on the Harry Maguire – debate uh, let's let me ask you the question on Manchester City actually I'll come to the comments first I'll see what you guys think and then I'm going to give Tom one final question I've got Alex uh, Harry Maguire was good at the Euros because he played in a three with two solid defensive midfielders in front hard to be bad well I but mean, we
1: don't bl- we don't blame the Italian defenders we don't say oh they had a um, defensive midfield in front of them we, we say they're good defenders which which I agree with the statement but it's one of those ones we just use a stick to beat with when it suits
0: got Trevor uh, just another reason why Oli should be rotating players he can't be demanding that players earn their place in the squad when there are others that can underperform and keep their spot that's a really fo- that's a really solid argument solsha talks about I don't want Sulkers. But yeah, he doesn't give he hasn't given much I think van de Beek's the only one I think Sancho's a different situation but when you're talking about van de Beek, that's a really good point by Trevor right there
1: yeah, I think it comes down to yeah, – we've had the debate with Sancho, Donny de and Maguire in the opposite, Juan Bissarco in the opposite last year when he was getting run into the ground, Bruno Fernandes um, getting run into the ground. I think we can criticise players, and we're right to, but this, the lack of rotation is on the manager. If the if you're in the changing room, are you going to say, oh, no, I don't really want to play, or you, you want to go and collect your – because they're on – let's say let's say Harry Maguire. He's earning, what, 200 grand a week? I'd say his base salary. He's probably got a 50K appearances as well. So that probably bounces up to 250k a week when he plays. And I'm just thinking, well, you're going to say yes.
0: I think it's on the manager to do something about it. Uh, We've got Emad showing his love for Harry Maguire. He's a terrible defender and even worse captain. And then he follows that up with the turning circle of a semi trailer and the speed of one.
1: He is quicker than Raheem Sterling, though. We have evidence of that.
0: Oh, he he
1: looks like Harry Maguire looks like any look. He's not quick, of course. But but no one one really sprints past him. Like he can keep up. He's got the. He's very clever in the way he sort of angles he runs. Uh, but I agree with him mate, in terms of the turning circle. He's got the knees of an 80-year-old.
0: You know what? I It's become a pet peeve of mine with him. Every time we concede a goal, his hand, he goes straight to the ref and he's putting his hand up for some sort of debate or consolation or... You know, trying to argue his offside. While I
1: understand that's frustrating, do you want him not to? Do you want him to just, oh,
0: let's play by the rules.
1: Good goal. Let's hopefully the referee saw something. Or you try and put some type of pressure on Yeah, but on. when, 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 it's when not kick, obvious. When I kick the ball out, if I clear the ball over the side, i put my hand up to try and get the throw. That's football. <laughs> oh. And uh
0: th- that's the comments. Tom, I- I'm going to give you one last question. The Manchester derbies on the weekend – like you said Harry Maguire is likely to play so tell me what happens should we lose which i think they'll target him because i'm telling you how they'll target him he's like a pace they'll move the ball in and around him what inevitably happens after that then should we lose the game and it's because of another harry maguire disaster class what then
1: well, before you get to that, it'll be interesting how City line up, whether they actually play in and around Harry Maguire. With, if they play with a striker and who plays there, a lot of whoever plays in that position sort of drops into midfield. So Harry Maguire that's might actually... That's what concerns me more. Well, yeah, well, be, that's where more concerns me with Eric Bay stepping into midfield. I'd maybe sort of prefer sort of someone who steps back, maybe Victor Lindelof and Harry Maguire. So it'll be interesting how it plays out. It might actually... Again, I don't want to play Harry Maguire, but it might actually suit him. It might give him a sort of a little bit more time to sort of think about what's happening. But yeah, if we look... Yeah, we're having a debate what happens with Harry Maguire if we lose. We're going to have the same debate with what happens with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer if we lose. I think It's one of those things. I think you lose 1-0. Look, I've said this against Liverpool. Okay, If you lose 1-0 against Liverpool, it's fine. If you lose 5-0, he's going to get sacked. Ended up being we lost 5-0 and he didn't get sacked. I'm having the same debate now. If you lose a close game, you think, well, beaten by the better team. But if you lose 6-0, um, that's another discussion, which we had two weeks ago or a week ago, whenever it was which hopefully we're not having, but it's a very real possibility it's, we're going to be having it again. And it's one of those things which people don't want to accept. We could have a fantastic... We could play out of our skins against Manchester City. We could be brilliant. They can beat us. They're better than us. They've got a better manager. They've got better players. They might play well as well. And, and that that's the case, well, are we going to criticise Solskjaer if we have the, our best performance of the season, all of our players put in the best performance of the season and we lose to a better team? Are we going to criticise everyone for that? Now, that's likely not going to happen because we're not playing very well. So I'm definitely not expecting that to happen. But at the end of the day, we are playing a very good team, unfortunately. We don't want to accept City are, but they are, in my opinion, they have the best manager in the world. If City play well, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter how good we play, there's a very good chance they're going to win. So you do have to. You look at the record we do have against City. We, we have obviously played some very good performances against them, which while which is why you get a little bit of confidence going into it. But you do need them to have an off day. You do need Raheem Sterling to find his Man United shooting boots, where he just can't hit the target, or one got to stick to him type thing. You do need Kevin De Bruyne to not quite be at it. Um, Laporte not being there. Laporte not being there. Sorry, maybe a bit of a boost depends who they replace him with at the back. So it's one of those things. I'll be at the pub, though, so I probably won't remember too much of the match, be which will be a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, we will be in Scruffy Murphy. So if you are a member of the Manchester United Supporters Club, uh, if you haven't signed up, uh, come join because you you get to come in, you have a beer with us here. Tom, am I right in saying you get a discount on beers?
1: Yep, discount, a discount on food and drink at Scruffy Murphy's, yep.
0: There you go. So every reason to sign up. So we've got the links there. Uh, So come become a member if you haven't already, and you can potentially join me and Tom at the pub and even get your views across. Uh, I'll just come to a few comments and we'll wrap it up there. So we've got uh, Steve Austin, mate, please tell me you're the real thing. I'll, I'll have a beer with you. Got my middle fingers up in the air. Uh, so we've got Steve Austin saying shit at something. I'm not, I'm not sure what. Oh, sorry. You were asking about uh, if Raphael Varane's fit. Not sure, mate. Uh, hamstring injury, but not sure. I've uh, got Alex uh, in the Premier League. Oliver's Pep has won three. John one, lost one. It's a good point. He's got a good record against Pep.
1: Pep does get worried about managers that do have a good record against him. You see against Jurgen Klopp, he, he shits the bed all the time against Jurgen Klopp. Solskjaer, he seems to have something against his, as well. So, look, well, I'm not sort of pinning my hopes on that. But it is a good point Alex makes there in regards to some managers just have something about I'm getting something over the other one.
0: Absolutely. Uh, got Emad. if we perform the way we did against Liverpool, then heads should roll. They should, but whether they do or not, you know what? I think outside of a 5-0 loss, Tom, I think Oli keeps his job now. I think the, the result against Spurs and the result today have brought him a little bit of time, at least in the short term. I don't
1: think it's... Well, yes, but I don't think it's that. I think the big factor in that is Antonio Conte going to Tottenham. I think that eases a lot of pressure in regards to that.
0: Absolutely. If I was asking you now around Oli, what are your thoughts? Do you think... I'm I'm in the position where I think he's he's gone. I think he's gone. I think at the end of the season, I think they'll part ways, regardless. Oh,
1: yeah. Nothing changes. Even if we beat Manchester City um, this week, nothing changes, in my opinion, to Solskjaer. I think if there's a better manager or the right manager available... We have to go and do that, whether that be in December, whether that be in May. Um, time will tell. So, but there's no doubt about that. Now, if he goes and wins the next 20 games in a row, that changes things. But, um, yeah, he's not going to be the Man United manager next year. There's no doubt about that unless sort of a miracle does happen and we win um, either the league or the FA or the Champions League, sorry. And, um, yeah, but but it's one of those. We, is he going to lose his job after 5-0 defeat? The evidence says he won't.
0: Stone Cold Steve Austin again. Curtains for Oli if we get smacked by City at home. I mean, we've just put our thoughts forward, mate. Um, look, you could argue, definitely agree with it, but we don't think that that'll happen. I uh, have got Trev. Anyone else a bit puzzled with the board silence regarding Oli's job security? Well, Trev, I think you're seeing the murmurs coming out. Uh, you know, we, we saw Fabrizio Romano, Manchester United's biggest fan at the moment. Um, he, he came out last week when it was almost secure around Oli's position. Uh, We saw constant reports that the board did have a meeting. So, I mean, things are coming out of the club. And I think should anything happen outside of a disastrous result on weekends, I think we'll we'll hear things coming out. Things leak at Manchester United like no other football club, don't they, Tom? Like if anything's going on, you're you're hearing about it. The media get a whiff very quickly. i got Imad finally. If we go down swinging against City, then fine. Uh, We went down swinging. But if we play like, yeah, sure. Uh, then, honestly, where do we go? Um, I mean, we go to the pub, mate. So if you are in the comments again, join us in Sydney, Scruffy Murphys. What time are you going to get in, Tom?
1: Um, 11.30 kickoff, so I don't know, lunchtime.
0: Good I, stuff. Need to prepare,
1: I need to prepare myself.
0: Yeah, I think so. You know what? I think when you're wasted, it definitely does make losses easier. So, yeah, focus on the positives. Um, I think that's a good place to leave it, Tom. Pleasure as always. Um, a reminder that United did not lose today. So sorry. I was, was, I was, I was just going to say that it's like we're just discussing yeah. a three to a loss. <laughs> yeah, but look, I guess it just it it, it gathers the mood at the moment, doesn't it? it? It just you can you feel like we're on rocky territory at the moment, but uh, well, it's not
1: it's not a feeling. We are. You have to face yeah. the facts. We are.
0: Absolutely, Ahmad. Uh, I'll let you know what time you're picking me up. But we'll chat. Uh, If you are tuning in and you are watching and you haven't liked the video, please do. Uh, We're on the verge of 250 subscribers. So we'd love to achieve that before the Manchester Derby. But pleasure as always. Thank you for all of you for tuning in. Tom, pleasure. Catch you on the weekend, mate.
1: mate. Cheers, mate. Always.
0: All right. Pleasure. Catch you, lads. See you next time.